Good morning, everybody. Um, it is Monday morning. Now, normally, I do not work Monday mornings because Sunday, Monday are my days off. However, due to the recent weather craziness that has been happening around my neck of the woods, um, we are going into work on Monday. Um, mainly just because we need to, we have clients who need to get help, get their hair cut, and uh, we do appointments, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, we don't usually take days off or schedule ourselves on days off, but when the weather decides to conspire and to keep us from getting to our shop, then we go to work. Um, yeah, so I don't know if most of you are aware of this, but the Super Bowl happened last night. I did not watch the first half of it. Apparently, I didn't miss anything. Um... I watched most of the second half. Um, I thought it was incredibly average, and I was okay with that. And um, I, I just was very bored. The game is boring. The game of football is very stagnant and boring. Um, did I mention that it was boring? I guess I... Uh, I look at football as I've grown up with football. I spent... <sighs> Haven't ended coffee yet. The majority of my life cheering for football and supporting the Bills. And I live in New York State. So basically there is very, very few people from New York State. Excuse me. Um, who have not lived in Boston who support the, the Patriots. Um, so... I'm just bored. It's the same old story, same old game. The game was 3-3, three to 0-3, three, zero, to three, 0 for most of the score. I mean, anybody who had threes on their pool was like, dang it, I'm not going to win this game. It's going to be a shootout. Good for you guys. You just scored a bank load. Um, yeah, anyways. Um, I just get bored of football. It doesn't... Excite me. It's fun to watch maybe one game a year, but it's like most of the games are just very dreadful and boring. And um, very little controversy about them. But, anyways, that, that's my take on the Super Bowl um, and football in general. Oh, the one thing that pisses me off though is they call themselves world champions. The thing that I learned uh, about American sports is nobody really gives a flying fart about American sports outside of really America. Like, why in Australia do they give a flying fart if you play, you know, that, you play American football and beat everybody else in America and no one cares? Literally, there are no teams outside of America. Why are we calling ourselves world champions? It's like if me and my best friend and my brother-in-law made up a game and we played our little game I beat them too. I am the world champion now. Wait, what? <laughs> there could be somebody, you know, a block over who could smoke all three of us. But no, I'm the world champion because I said so. Stupid. Very stupid. You know, like in the World Cup, they actually have the world invited. Anybody is willing to put in, you know, like their national team and the countries are represented. That's a world champion. World Cup winner, that's fine. I, I can understand that, but no. 
baseball. It's called the World Series. I just think it's stupid. It's just very entitled and very pretentious of my country to do that and be like, look at us, let us beat our chests because we're only 5% of the world. So, as in North America, it's 5% of the world. Anyways. Yeah, for that rat. Um, so, I'm headed to work, and we are going to continue talking about the refereeing journal. I finally, I finally have uncovered the, um, my rugby papers. They are sitting in a pile, literally a pile. It's probably like eight inches high of courses, of journals, of bunches of different stuff. Um, and so I'm going to go through that work my way through the level one course, probably work my way through the level two course, and again, it'll just give this more structure than me just waffling on about random things, um, yeah, sounds good, um, now, I will reiterate that the journal that I have been going through the last episode is for personal reflection, if you can't be honest with yourself, this will do you very little to no good. Pretty much. If you, if you can't look at yourself and be like, hey, I can't keep up with play, you're lying to yourself. If you're looking at yourself saying, I think all of my scrums went perfectly, you're dreaming. I mean, there are, there are times where it can be no issue and you can have an in and out of a scrum, but the goal is to make it a good and even contest. And if you can do that, great. If you can't, whatever. Um, so again, I just reiterate, just be honest with yourself. Excuse me. Keep going in that direction. And the more honest you are with yourself, the better off you are um, in all aspects, in every aspect of life, period. Um, so last episode, I went through, I did um, the setting, I did the communication, I did the open plane positioning. Um, today, I'm going to talk about scrums. When I said scrums... Um, Basically, I make this a focal point because it is a focal point of the game. It is what scrums are intended to be. Scrums are intended to be a quick restart to the game. They're not meant to be, and I'm not saying they are always that or aren't always that, but that is the intention. It is an intention, a minor, you know, it should not be a big ordeal. Um, so, scrums. How did your pregame chat go? Did you gain any buy-in from the front rowers? How would you rate your scrum engagement process? Do you think steady and stable applied to each step in the process? What were you looking for on binds? How was the space maintained while in bind? On set, did the teams stop driving? Spinning. Um, how did the scrum commence once the ball was in the tunnel? slowly because I'm driving as well. Uh, what trends did you see? In all of these areas, it is preferred you have a quick summary of how you thought the game went and then questions you had or areas you wanted to improve upon. And again, be honest. Now, these are all questions are all just prompts. They're like, hey, if you can't think of anything, scrums went fine. You need to go more in depth. You need to go more into 
Was I happy with this? Was I satisfied? Did it look like a really good scrum? Did the ball go in? Did the ball come out? Was there an unfair advantage? Was there one team winning all of the scrums? How were they doing this? You know, these are all just kind of questions that go from, was it good or bad? You need to kind of come be, just like any food critic, you need to be a bit more of a connoisseur. You need to really just sink down to a deeper level and be like, all right, what am I actually looking for? On scrums, and again, I'll, we'll go through this. <sighs> In the level one, I have clear and specific things that I'm looking for. And again, some of these are probably not correct, but my pregame chat to my front rowers. Gentlemen, steady and stable is the name of the game. Crouch, bind, set. You've heard these words in the right place. If you haven't, you need to have another conversation with your coach. Um, let me tell you what I'm looking for, and we can go from there. Crouch, I'm looking for you to bind square so that you can drive square. Okay? Steady and stable. Bind, we're looking for ear to ear. I need a little bit long bind. If we reach for the number on the back, if we're reaching for the rib cage, I'm happy. Let's stay away from the, the shoulder, the back of the neck back of the head, whatever you want there. Um, stay off the shorts. Um, steady and stable, maintaining that space. Set is just going to be the hit. Okay? Hit it and quit. Stop there and let the um, let the ball come in and then drive away. Okay? And we'll work the rest out from there. Are there any questions on this? Now, guys, that's my basic snippet of my pregame chat with the front rowers. Now, the thing is, in a way, that's my attempt to gain buy-in from them because a lot of the, some of the guys that I referee, they have, they know what they're doing. And so me, all five foot six of me, telling them how to be a front row is pretty laughable. I mean, for both of us. So that's my way of not giving them too much information and not talking too much. I tell you what I'm looking for, and we can work the rest out in the game. You know, this one team would, as a, as a front row, they would kind of drop their shoulders a little bit and then drive forward and up. And the, it would just cause the team to buckle. And I just chatted it through them. I was like, guys, you're driving down. You're sinking your shoulders below your hips and then driving upwards. Drive flat and drive square. I can work through that there. I'm not going to tell them, don't do this, because then I'm just giving them rope to hang myself with. Hang me with. Uh, so, scrums are an issue. Um, I prefer not to focus too much on the scrums. I, I know enough to diagnose the big issues, but I, I think this is an area that if I were to really be pursuing a higher level, I think I would be like, okay, scrums, I need to watch a lot of scrums. I need to sit down with some coaches and really dig down into what they're seeing what versus what I'm seeing and what's the goal. There are some amazing things online. I know the uh, TWRA, Texas Rugby Refereeing Association, they do awesome videos. Scott Green is down there and he does some amazing videos on really digging into what the overall goal is for each each and every player. Which is amazing, which is just so awesome. Um, so I think scrums are an area where if it is your focus, fantastic. And you are very good at it. I applaud you so much because I'm kind of the guy who 
I, I, again, like I've said before in previous episodes, I will focus on the breakdown because that happens ten times more often than the scrums. Um, no, I don't. I need to be competent at scrums. I need to understand what's going on and think of it at a certain level and have it be a quick and fair restart. However, it is not my focus. Um, but I think that scrums are a great part of the game. A lot of people love scrums so much. Um, I, I just... Yeah, not to discount them. Um but I guess the main purpose that I'm looking at this is it's giving you an opportunity to really look at it and say, this is an f- area of focus. This is an area that I did not feel comfortable in or I did feel comfortable in or I, whatever, I felt confused by this or I lost buy-in from the front rows at this point and I wanted to know how I could change that. Again, this tool is you get what you put it, you get out of it what you put into it. And if you're willing to put into it saying, hey, this loosehead prop was avoiding the contest and kept popping up every single time, basically just standing up and ruining the scrum. Okay, how are you going to change that? You know, this one person is not engaging on the scrum. She's sitting back, and because she's a big girl, she can take the hit and not, not, not really. She's strong enough to handle it, but the scrum is basically collapsing under her. How are you going to handle it? How are you going to manage it? A lot of this stuff is how are you going to manage that play? And if you can manage that play well and effectively just by doing whatever you do, fantastic. The, just keep in mind the goal is an even contest. And I mean, the, the, the thing that the trap that I fall into with a lot of cases is that I will overmanage it. <clears throat> I will give one team an unfair advantage or too many chances in the hope that I can bring about a better outcome. Whereas it is not my job to do that. It is my job to bring about a better outcome and to streamline them into doing the best game of rugby that they can. However, um, um, it's not my job to overmanage and to overwork it so that it has to be perfect. Um, so yeah, that's the basic gist of where I'm going with that. Um, next, we'll talk about lineouts and the breakdown. All right. Um, but yeah, I'm at work. I got to go in and work for 12 hours. So I'll talk to you guys later. Hello again. <clears throat> it is something close to 8.30, and I am done cutting hair for the day. Oh, man. It was, uh, it was a weird day. It's good, but it's just one of those things where I... I feel challenged sometimes, and I think that's with everything. We feel challenged, and we have to kind of refocus and adapt and overcome it. I think the thing that I've been realizing more and more every day is that 
just to start is very difficult. Start something and to just try something that costs you nothing. And um, yeah, it, it's it's difficult to start something that costs you nothing, but it's because it's we as a country are very used to operating from a position of strength and knowledge and ignorance is very um, despised almost and I, I think that we um, to go in and say hey I don't know what's going on but I'm here to apply for a job or I'm here to do something that you know I, I don't know how to do but I want to learn how is like I said it's despised and to um, to go forward even without knowledge and without understanding is um, it's brave Yeah, I think that's... You know, I always try to tie these things into refereeing, and I don't really know how that ties into refereeing. But it does make me think of that we, um, we as referees are very... I don't want to say looked down upon, but that's what comes to mind. We're very... Unless we're really performing at a high level, we're very despised, and we're really not... really is us improving ourselves and us you know if we have a chance to help each other um, that's the difficult thing one of the main difficult things that I can definitely tie into refereeing is that um, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because I wanted to help people but I you know I'm like I said I wasn't able but it was very difficult for me to carve out other areas of my time other than my commute where I could really help people and I don't know if this is helping anybody but it helps me get through the day and still stay in contact with rugby when I'm unable to be around it um, on the weekends as I once was um, so I um, yeah I guess I just kind of look at it and say I'd like to offer any encouragement to anybody if you're considering being a referee um, again I read this article it's, do we deal with parents that don't understand the game? Absolutely. Especially in America with rugby. Uh, a lot of people don't understand the game. And as long as it's a safe game and it looks like a fair contest, everybody's mostly happy. Um, do we deal with coaches that are stupid sometimes? Just straight up stupid. Yes. Yes, we absolutely do. And I think the one thing that we can do here, instead of carting them off the park or doing different things like that, is we can raise the standard. I heard a great quote today from one of my clients, and he said, he who yells first loses. And I can understand how this is not exactly appropriate in today's society where bullies are rampant and People just shout over people. But in this situation, I, I think that a gentler touch, especially with refereeing, is important. 
Uh, it doesn't mean we don't penalize. It doesn't mean we don't yellow card. It doesn't mean we don't red card. But what it does mean is that these soft skills that I'm talking about mostly, these managerial skills, these abilities to talk to people and connect with them through using honesty and hard work and integrity, they're not so powerful, but they can be much, they're not so, people when they referee, there's always the fear that they go about it to have a power trip because they can't control other things in their life. And, I mean, working in customer service pretty much my entire working life, um, which is on 17 years now, um, there's always been people who have yelled at me, and I've learned to get used to it. And because I realized that me being behind a counter, me being, you know, just a person who is talking to them, trying to communicate with them, I'm the 1% of... It's a whole segment we'll talk about getting yelled at by people. Um, but I was the 1% of the, per- the, the population that they could scream at and not have repercussions about. You know? And I got real good at taking some flack. Because I realized that they weren't yelling at me. They're hardly ever yelling at you. You know, and so this this guy, I remember one time he came up to me, and this is about as personal as it got ever, and I was having not a great game, I was doing okay, but it was a game that was a, it was a cracker of a game, and I feel like I called a pretty decent game, there were no real egregious errors to it, but this one guy got, he, um, it was on the opening kickoff and maybe a minute or two into the game maybe that was but it was a kickoff I remember that and this guy went up he's a forward he's playing hooker or something like that you know well built guy this was like all stars or something like that I can't remember what it was but guy, these were good teams and I jumped into the air or something like that and came down and he just came down and just I think he whacked his head on somebody's knee wasn't a jump in the air. It was something that was like, this is out of the room of play. I'm not even paying attention to that. I'm watching the ball. And he just mistimed it. And, you know, something happened where he got a goose egg over his eye. And he went down and play continued. And then I, you know, stopped it for some reason. And I went back over to him. And I said, hey, buddy, how's it going? And I look at him and he's got this goose egg already over his eye like 30 seconds later. And I'm like, okay, bud, you're done. You know, this is safety first. You know, you need to, if there was a, if there was a doctor on the sideline, I would still say you're done. Because you took a crack right above your eye. And um, I said, Coach, you know, he's done for the day. And the coach was like, yep, that's fine. fine with me. And game carried on, finished, whatever. Uh, and this guy came up to me afterwards. And... I wasn't overly happy with my game. There were some people shouting from the sidelines, but I wasn't, you know, overly negative about it either. I think the right team won, and it was people were happy. It was okay. And this guy came up to me, and he's like, so are you the referee? 
was wearing a very brightly colored shirt. Yes, sir, I am. I just want to tell you how much a shit job you did. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I looked at the guy, and his son was behind him. I should have put it together. I said, hey, man, great game, you know. I hope you're all right, you know, stuff like that. And he waved his son off, and his son went away. And the guy yelled at me for, I, it felt like eternity, but it was probably more like two to three minutes. And in my head, I'm always the guy who's like, man, I suck. And I remember doing that a little bit, but then I kind of was like, no, I, no, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And I looked at the guy, and I really looked at him, and he was a guy who, he was very soft. Not that he was effeminate, he was just a very, like, you could tell that things had gone pear-shaped, and he really was trying to learn the game, and, but he wasn't trying to learn, he was just trying to take something out on me, because he had to go take his son to go to a hospital and get a concussion test and I said and he's like and I asked some of the other people and they said that's illegal and da 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 and he just lashed out at me and I said sir I'm going to stop you after a while I just kind of said sir I'm going to stop you um, I appreciate your criticism I'm sure that, I, I don't exactly remember what I said but I think it was around this time I said sir I, I've taken your hiding I, I, I apologize for the inconvenience that your son has to go to the hospital um, but there's nothing I can do about that I hope that everything's okay and if you have any further questions, there's a head referee over at the referee tent. We'll be happy to take your complaints. He's like, oh, you should, you should just fucking quit. And I just said, hey, have a good day. And I just left. And it was funny because I remember, um, I think it was Tom, Tom Barr, I think was what it was. He was running the tournament. And he was this lovely little guy. And he's like, man, you had a cracker of a game. And I was like, well, you know, that, that guy over there doesn't seem too happy. He's like, I don't worry about him. And he went over and he chatted with him and I never heard anything about it. And I, you know, I kicked myself for a good, I don't know, four or five minutes just thinking about it and being like, man, I could have really done better or I could have done whatever. And then I just had to be like, look, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, I'm sure people could have yelled at me and reasonable things and I would have been happy to take their critiques. But overall, you have to look at it as excuse me, the game was better because you were there. And you are looking to improve yourself and to improve others. And that is the big kick. So if you can look at it and realize that they're not yelling at you, they're yelling at the situation, and that they don't understand half the situation, you could really just kind of breathe a little bit easier and be like, hey. And if they're actually trying to help you, it's a beautiful thing. Because then you can be like, hey, I really welcome your critique. Please help me understand what your problem is with this. And you can go from there. But... I'm going to go say hello to my wife. It's been a long day. I'll talk to you guys soon.